Hey, all you cool cats and commies, this is In the Mood. Levitating perspectives each episode at the time. All right, all right, all right. So we have finally reached a new week. We have a new president-elect. New turning cornerstone. <laughs> Even though a lot of people don't want to admit it, we still have people arguing about it and claiming, you know, all their conspiracy theories of why it hasn't been called yet, but... Um, well, as a matter of fact, fact, it has been. Yes, yes, for sure. So uh, we're going to have to just go ahead and just get this elephant out the room. Let's uh, over this past couple of days. What was it? They had a march at Washington, D.C. The Million MAGA March. So, a.k.a. bring your cousins to your march to protect your heritage, essentially. Your heritage. Or your way of life. Your way of life. We got to save our president. And Million uh, MAGA March. So featuring the Million MAGA March, what exactly was did what you, there was three flags? Was there supposedly every redneck neo-Nazi white supremacist proud boy, blue lives matter asshole was all in one area. So the douchiness was out, was just out of the park. You couldn't even measure it. It was. It was, it was like you know. It was just like a. Like a fucking Jack by King Griffey Jr., you know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> knocked out the part. I mean, you could not measure it. I mean, everybody you could think of, like, these stereotypical, just, yeah. I don't even know where to go with it. But, yeah, so they all gathered. Had their moment of, moment of fame. Yeah, they wanted their moment of fame with all their QAnon conspiracy theorists. And, and then also the same people that uh, protested getting haircuts as well. Yes, during a you pandemic. know, like Laborite Michigan. They thought that they were doing their civic duty to protect Trump. And a whopping 10,000 people showed up out of a million-man MAGA march. So 10,000 people that just can't come to terms with the fact that Joe Biden is their president. So my response to y'all is, he is your president. He will be your president. You will respect him. And you know what? If you don't like it, what can you do, Zach? Leave. You can leave. You can leave and go back where you came from. And president-elect in a matter of how many days exactly? We're down to like 68 days. Okay. 68 days of Trump building up his pillow fort, and then he is gone. We're getting carried out, and I just can't wait. So featuring the whole 68 days, the main topic in this episode is about the cabinet of which Biden is. You know, since he's the president-elect, he mm-hmm. has the right to choose who he wants to in charge along exactly. with exactly and that's what's going to be interesting you know over these next 68 days they're the most important is biden assembling his team of who he's going to have work with him because he can't be an expert on everything so you need to have a strong group around you so meaning defense uh, defense state and treasury just as as the three yeah, examples defense, state treasury labor education attorney general all of them And I know we're going to cover a couple in this episode, but a lot of these issues that is, you know, being made clear right away is, you know, there was such a broad coalition that Joe Biden had to have to get elected. He had the progressive wing of the party. He had the moderates. He had some Republicans and every single, you know, the Lincoln Project we talked about. So every one of those groups, they're wanting to get influence. The Lincoln Project were pretty much people that were Republicans that were never Trumpers. Okay. They believe that the Republican Party has left their ideals. Their, their roots, in a sense. Yeah. And so uh, everybody that was in that is wanting to get their own little piece of influence now. 
their piece of ass. They're all wanting to get their piece yeah, of you ass. You want a piece of some cheeks, I was, man. I was done to dance around it, but you know what? I said, fuck it. No there you go. There you go. But, um, and so now all of them are wanting to get their little say. And a, a lot of progressives are hating this because Biden is jumping back to the middle and re- rewarding Republicans instead of the progressive wing that helped him get elected. And so why do you feel that he's, do you, I, in my opinion, I think he's in a sense turning his back on people. Like once you a get A lot in, of progressives are feeling like he is completely, you know, just saying fuck you to the progressive wing that helped get him elected, who helped organize for him. I mean, look at Bernie. Bernie had one of the best grassroots organization movements ever. And Joe Biden used him. And now he's just kind of like, well, we're going to, you know, yeah, exactly. Good luck. But then also, like you said, the progressive movement is what would you say helped Georgia turn blue? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. 100 percent with Stacey Abrams. They were able to have 800,000 new registered voters just since 2018. So in two years, that is amazing. And, you know, the. The progressives, they want their piece of influence, but also Joe Biden's also having to weigh the fact that Mitch the Turtle McConnell is still going to be in charge of the Senate most likely. And so he's going to sit there and reject any possible Democrat at all. He's just in a push. Yeah, pushed agendas. Yeah, he's making his mission to fuck up anything that has a D beside it. And Joe Biden's going to need a couple of Republicans to help get any cabinet position confirmed by the Senate. Get shit done, basically. Yeah. And every single cabinet position has to be approved of by the Senate. So they can't get it through without at least 51 votes. So it's going to be hard, no pun intended. But, you know, then the progressives also don't want the, the Wall Street money influencers that helped fund Biden's campaign to have influence on the president like big tech and shit yeah big tech wall street all the big companies like that oil so it's going to be but but let me ask you this though as an example he why is biden against fracking but then he's not it's like he's he's so wishy-washy about that subject so i know he's kind of going back and forth back and forth he started out being like really against it then in pennsylvania when he needed to win it he was all against fracking on federal lands yeah and so then he was like well just not add any new but then the progressives are like well what the fuck you've been you know anti-fracking for so long and you're pushing for uh green possibilities you know right so it's one of those awkward places that he's in stuck in a rock and hard place yeah he's a he's a moderate and he's having to try to keep his progressives happy as as well so i mean it's kind of complicated so pretty much regarding Biden's whole cabinet, what would like, as an example, the defense and state. Okay. So start out with the defense secretary of defense, you know, those that's the most important person that's in charge of helping make military decisions along with joint chiefs. So as an example, for people who don't really know him, like, what was it? Mad dog. Uh, Mad dog. Mattis was the secretary of defense, but then he quit. And Mark Esper was placed as the Secretary of Defense, and he ended up getting fired by tweet by Donald Trump this last week, in the last week, actually, when Donald Trump went through and just purged the entire uh, Pentagon, essentially. Yeah. So the ma- main two people that we're going to talk about is both of them would be a first. Both of them would be the first females ever placed as a Secretary of Defense. The first one is Michelle Flurney. And, you know, Who she's the served, shit is that? Uh, 
we'll see. This is I'm helping ed- <laughs> levitate your perspectives one at a time. We're educating you as well, right? Indeed. So she served in the Obama administration, and you know she's would be the first female, but she's a centrist. And what is that? What is that? So a centrist, a moderate, a moderate. So pretty much a person that's kind of just in the middle, which some people see as good because she could get the Republican level-headed. Votes. Yeah, she could get the Republican votes to get her nominated. Yeah. But then a lot of um, progressives aren't really happy with that pick because she worked in the defense industry. So weapons industry. war. Yeah. Huh. War. Yeah, the war industry. She helped. You know, she has an interest in staying in war, for, even though Joe Biden has financial run. Gain. Yeah, he ran saying we're going to end these endless wars. So why are you going to appoint to your secretary of defense someone who has a vested interest in pushing for war? But the other person would be uh, Illinois Senator Tammy Duckworth, which would be, I think, a great pick. Okay. So she's a veteran. She, Ooh, where'd she serve? And she served in Iraq. She was an Apache helicopter pilot. Really? Yeah. That's, she, that is few and far between, huh? Then get this. She would be the fir- another first female. She lost both of her legs and one of her arms in a rocket uh, RPG attack. So that's some she that's the real the deal Holyfield, yeah. Yeah, she's like the fucking OG. Right it's like there. Rambo in that bitch. Yes, literally. So I just think he would be great and she's a progressive. She's a progressive-minded senator. So she's very anti-war because of what she's seen in Combat Iraq. itself. Yeah, in Iraq and Afghanistan, yeah. Like, if you you legit got shot down, so I mean, that's, yeah. that's the real deal. And this is how much of a badass she is. She lost both of her legs and one of her arms, but she still was able to get clearance to still fly and be in the National Guard still. Wow. That's a fucking badass. So she is amazing. I think she would be a great pick. I think she would be a great pick, personally. Um, but also, I would love to see her in charge of the VA if she wasn't in charge of... Uh, that right there is putting it to use, you know? Yeah, and if she wasn't in charge of the defense, I would love to see her in charge of the VA. But then uh, I know one of the other names that are being floated around is Pete Buttigieg, which that would be interesting as well, because he was a former cool. veteran as well, or he is a veteran as well. Yeah, com- so. and completely different background. I mean, he has, you know, it seems like he's level-headed, and also he he knows a thing or yeah. two, you know. Yeah, I mean, both would be veterans. I think that both would be good picks overall. Um, so, yeah, those are our two kind of polar opposites, you could say, for Secretary of Defense. And then there was a couple others, but they're just kind of not main. Like in the fray. Yeah, and, they're not yeah, mainly like, in the yeah. running, yeah. It was, and they were, you know, former weapons industry people. So I'm just like, nee, nee. Yeah. I don't like that. So that's our defense. Secretary of State, though, this is where it gets interesting. Because for me, there's two main people that I keep seeing floated, and then one kind of dark horse, which would be terrifying. Um, first one is Susan Rice, which every Republican that hears her just shat themselves. Why? Literally Why so? squirted shat themselves. Because she's involved with Benghazi and Hillary Clinton and those missing emails. She was the UN ambassador during the Obama administration when the attack on Benghazi happened. So, of course, everybody blames her for it, even though she had nothing to do with it. Right. But um, so she is probably one of the number one people that's in charge, that's in the running for secretary of state because, you know, she would kind of be the spokeswoman for the United States around the nation, around the world, excuse me. 
So anytime that, you know, like Mike Pompeo is, is now, you know, if we need somebody, a delegation to go to the Middle East to broker some kind of peace deal, or if we need someone to go talk uh, Kim Jong-un down off the nuke buttons, or if we need someone to go to, uh, you know, the EU and beg to be let back in after Donald Trump has fucked it up the last four years, she would be that person to do it. So what about the guy currently there now? Do you like him or? Mike Pompeo? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't. Why? <laughs> well, first off, he's an anti-masker who also ended up getting um, corona because he was anti-mask. And he just, I don't know, he's hes like a lap dog for Donald Trump, essentially. Oh, he's like, like a rubber stamp. Like Tuberville? Yeah, like Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville, who, you know, doesn't know the three houses of, or three branches of government. But, you know, it's its kind of fitting that Alabama would elect someone like that. But yeah, Susan Rice, uh, she would be an interesting pick, I think. She's very qualified. She, I mean, she wouldn't make a lot of progressives happy, but she's has a lot of experience at a on a national or a worldwide level. So, I mean, I could see her and she, her and Biden have a really good running relationship okay. from when she was in the Biden or uh, Obama administration. Uh-huh. So she's one of the picks. My person, personal pick that I think would be interesting is Elizabeth Warren. I think she would be an interesting candidate. Uh, she's on the progressive side. A lot of progressives aren't too happy with her because she kind of, kind of sold out in the primary to help Biden. But um, I think she would be an interesting pick as Secretary of State. But the other person would be Mitt Romney, which that would be a dark horse, but would just be like whoa. That Why you say that? Uh, well, he's a Republican, first off, and Joe Biden's a Democrat, which that would be interesting. Uh, but Joe Biden always pushes the, uh, you know, what is it, team of rivals? So, I mean, Mitt Romney, I feel like he wants to get a little bit of thanks for bucking Donald Trump ever since the impeachment. Because he was one of the, I was about to say, he was one of the bigger Republicans that has kind of turned his back on him in a sense. One of the only, well, the only. And he was the only Republican to vote for impeachment. And the only uh, Republican to stand up against Donald Trump. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It would really piss off a lot of the progressive wing, the left wing of the Democrat Party. But, I mean, you have, but people have to learn that you have to play all sides in a sense. You can't just, you know, if, if that's right. not your pick, you shouldn't just give up. Right. But, you know, we can't, it's, it's okay to not be happy with it. It's okay to not be happy with it. And, you know, progressives, the the main electorate of this country is leaning more left. By 2024, the main voting block of the electorate will not be the boomers anymore. It'll be our generation, the millennials and the Gen Zs. And what? And, and we by far are more liberal, progressive leaning, left leaning. So we need a cabinet and a uh, administration that reflects that, in my opinion. And by going to a bunch of old moderates, that's not really helping. That's just staying in neutral. You're not even you're not going backwards, yeah. but it's just like or or just you're in drive, but you're going five miles an hour when the speed limit's twenty five. Well, yeah, you know? when we need to be going fifty. Yeah, yeah, we're going five. You know, I can drive fifty five. But yeah, we need uh, we need to constantly be moving forward. And that was kind of like the discussion you and I got into earlier today about, you know, it's. Like with Biden and his uh, green energy plan, he said, well, we'll cut carbon 
pollution by 2050. But if the deadline for be- the point of no return is 2030, 30. that's 10 years. So it's like, that's great if you want to cut it by 2050. But if it's 20 years too late, it's like, well, good, whoopty fucking do, you know? That's like saying, oh, well, my entire house is burning down right now, but I'm going to go get a bucket of water in 10 minutes, you know? But I still got that bucket of water. It's like, well, great, but your whole house is burnt down by now, you know? So it's it's ridiculous. So Exactly, and I like the, I like the way you made that correlation to it, to be honest, because it's... Well, because the fucking planet's burning exactly, down. Exactly, like, <laughs> there's no point, like, okay, like, there's already, you're already fucked, you know, there's no point in going back, so, I mean... Yeah, it's like, okay, great, Boomer, you did great, but... Yeah, you know, we're like, you'll be dead fucked. by then, you fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> yeah, you say that as we're sitting here, you know, past the point of no return, it's like watching an asteroid come and saying, you know what, I'm gonna stare at it for 30 minutes. And when it comes in 35, then I'll decide to do something. Yeah, then, and with five minutes left, I'm gonna be like, hmm, maybe I should have done something. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, it does not make any sense. When you see a hurricane coming, you start preparing ahead of time, do you not? Of course. You don't wait till the hurricane's landing, making landfall, and then you go, well, I guess I should I get might, my bunker. Where's my sand? You know, I need some <laughs> sandbags. So it just, mm, it is enraging. But moving on, we've covered the defense, we've covered Secretary of State. This is going to be the first huge fight covering the Treasury. Treasury. Why? So let's, we're going to have to just dive balls deep in that one. We're going balls to the fucking wall right here. <laughs> <laughs> saggy, saggy. Saggy ball. You know, have you ever heard, I got to go on this tangent, I'm sorry. Have you ever heard the audio from Lyndon Baines Johnson talking about his balls? Nuh-uh. Oh my God. This is after he was president, so after JFK was assassinated. He's sitting in the Oval Office making a phone call to his tailor who does his pants, talking about, I need to have this let out. I need to have it let out a little bit because I've gained a little weight. And he goes, you know, these are the best pants I've ever had because they don't cinch up on my balls. <laughs> and, then, and it's just like, and all this is recorded because, you know, every phone call in the uh, Oval Office is recorded. And he goes, I just, it don't cinch up my balls. And then he just burps really, really loud on that. <laughs> and he goes, I just want it laid out about three inches from my nutsack to my bunghole. <laughs> to my fucking bunghole. He says, the fucking president. From my nutsack to my bunghole. <laughs> it is just like, oh my God. This is Lyndon Johnson. And then he talks about having, you know, pop room in his pocket to fit, adjust himself for his dick. And it's just like, oh God. I'm, you know what? It shows he pre-plans. He plans ahead, you know? Because, I mean, every guy can relate struggles to that. In a, in a Nothing sense. is worse than sitting. And you just, it's like you have never felt pain until you've either A, cinched up yourself in your zipper, or if you've accidentally sat on them. Like, that is like pain that's unknown. I, I can't even begin to explain it. That <laughs> ranks right up there with passing a kidney stone, which I've done multiple times. I can tell you it is not fun. And I would only wish them on Donald Trump. I would <laughs> only wish them on Donald Trump and people with puffy nipples. But anyway, uh, Secretary of the Treasury, I just had to go on that tangent. I had to share because I figured you would want to know. And all the millions. It was late on my heart. It was just late on my heart. <laughs> I know it was almost time for lunch. And we've been sitting here since 830 this morning. 
but it was laid on my heart. And I just need to tell everybody. I, I could have said something in the middle of the service, but you know what? No, I want to say it right when it's over. They did invitation 45 minutes ago, but I just had it laid on my heart right now that my ball's getting cinched up from my nutsack to my bunghole. It just need to share. I love the Lord too, but <laughs> <laughs> so who is exactly number the... six? Let's play number six. Okay, I'm not. I'm sorry. So who exactly is the treasurer? The uh, treasury, as an okay. example, who is who's the candidate? So, like I said, this is where it's going to get really interesting because it's going to be the first big fight um, between progressives, moderates, and Republicans because the Biden administration leading up to inauguration day on january 20th they know that the treasury secretary is going to be in charge of coming up with the next round of covid and economic stimulus relief plans because we've had absolutely fucking nothing since what march 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 and some people have you still have you gotten your pandemic check i still yet? haven't got my pandemic you still check. haven't gotten yours you and a couple of family members that we see on facebook all still haven't time. gotten it but you know what they are still supportive of trump but exactly anyway. even though he's trying to completely derail the mailing system you know he tried it's, it's to the you know fucking democrats fault even though they're the ones that voted for it but anyway um yeah this is when the next big fight is going to happen and you know this is where you're going to spend a lot of what's called political capital right here so you know like it's necessary your, yeah within your first 100 days uh usually the president has pretty much leeway to get anything he wants, like the major stuff you want to get passed, you do it within your first 100 days. So this coronavirus relief, because obviously it's still going to be there in January, didn't disappear like a fart in the wind. Um, we're going to need someone that knows what they're doing. And so the two main people are Elizabeth Warren, once again, who I think she would be a great pick for Treasury Secretary. <sighs> Why? Who else? Who else? Uh, this lady named Lay Lyle Brownard, which do you really she, know much background? What who, who in the well right now she's that? on the Federal Reserve Board of Governors, which you know the Fed they are kind of like their own autonomous group that helps funnel money in and out of you know it keeps money in circulation, uh -huh. which that's a whole other rant. I mean that's a whole other joint for another day. Literally, yeah. like two or three. But um, she's a Federal Reserve governor. And, you know, she would also be the first female ever to be in charge of the Treasury Secretary. Um, but a lot of people, you know, it's kind of like, do you want to make a progressive or do you want to make a moderate? You know? Oh, uh, so is she more moderate-ish? Uh, yeah, she's not. She's definitely a more moderate in the sense of she leans alt-left, I guess you could say. I guess just like she's not a progressive, but she's not. Um, she's a she has never gone against Democrat principles. Let's put it that way. She worked in the Obama administration in the Treasury Department, uh -huh. so she's definitely not a Republican. So it's like the most safest pick that could happen, which that's probably what Joe Biden will go with. But he, need, um, I'm, he needs to like I'm just Joe needs to like. Just quit making everything just the safe pick. Mm -hmm. That's the safe pick. Yeah, like, we need to go with bold plans, bold policies, bold plans, because we're in a situation where we need to. We have no choice but to go bold. There's but, only been a few times in this country in our history where bold was necessary. One of them being FDR in the midst of the Great Depression. We needed bold ideas, and we got the New Deal. You know? 
We could have had we had bold with FDR or uh, LBJ in his bunghole with the uh, war on poverty, dealing with Medicare, Medicaid, civil rights bills, all of that. Um, Obama was another bold policy with the Affordable Care Act. Could have gone further. It didn't. Yeah. But we obviously need it now. We're in the midst of the worst pandemic since the Spanish flu of the early 1900s. Uh, we are in a climate crisis. And not even change. Crisis. Crisis. Yeah, I'm not even crisis. calling it climate. Crises. Crises. That's a bunch of malarkey. You're a bunch of malarkey. You, you young snowflake. You, <laughs> you young. can't have your shimmy automatic rifles. We're going to shoot down the storms. <laughs> we'll shoot it. <laughs> punk. <laughs> he says, you punk. You punk. <laughs> Come here. You know, back in my day, I'm going to get do, on some boxing gloves and I'm going to wrestle your ass. I would tussle with you. Tussle. <laughs> you know, it'd be a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> we're going to do it very gentleman-like, but still. It's Hold gonna... me back, Jim. Hold me back. Hold me back. Jeez. He hadn't had his Metamucil yet, so he's, he's kind of cranky. He hadn't shit this morning, so he's kind of cranky. <laughs> he hasn't had his round of coffee. No, he hasn't called every single person in his family like he says he does every morning. <laughs> every morning. Every fuck. I'd be like, Joe, shut the fuck up. I like, would be, if I was like hungover, I'd answer. I'd go, Grandpa, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to sleep, man. I'm trying to sleep, okay? I'm just calling you to say, hey. Good morning. Good morning. And then you know what's the best Drink part? It's, it's literally Drink at... Drink your Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is Yoo-Hoo, Grandpa? And the best part is it's literally at, f- at 6 a.m. on the dot. 6 on the dot. Because that, that fucker's been up since about 4.30. Hard. We had to piss at 2, 4, and 5. So, you know, he had to... <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, Treasury is definitely going to be one of the first big fights between the more progressive wing and the more safe pick with Lyle Browner, which uh, it'll be definitely interesting. And a lot of this we have to remember will be based on how the special election goes in Georgia, which Georgia, you know, turned blue for the first time since what, 1976? No, 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 1992 that... Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton played his sax and won. He played his sax so well. (laughs) Come on over here, Monica. You want to play, play with my sack? Watch me play with my sacks. <laughs> Gonna stick on these sunglasses. Go on, I'm, I'm Mr. Joe Cool. And I'm just gonna play. <laughs> they don't call me Slick Willie for nothing. You want to see my Slick Willie? Have That's you seen what I that my picture saxophone. of me in the dress? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <sighs> oh shit. Um. Oh man, I just love watching that. That. Family Guy episode where he and Peter hang out all night. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, they end up smoking in that uh, mm-hmm. limousine, and then he's... <laughs> it's just great. It's truly great. But, yeah, so that's our secretary, and then we're going to move on to Attorney General. Okay, so we pick up talking about the Attorney General, which this is near and dear to all of us here. Just laid General. on my heart. Just was laid on my heart. Um. Because Alabama royally fucked up and elected a senator who doesn't fucking know the three branches of government, Tommy Tuberville, I'm talking to you. God, you got. sounds like to me you have a little bit of beef for him. I have so much beef against him. And I tagged him in every post I make, too, because I want his ass to know that he is a fucking idiot. 
this is my first time to say it tonight. You are a fucking idiot. And that, you know, I'm how in the hell did you go over 30 minutes and not even say fuck? I was saving it up for right here. Just a big fuck you, Tommy Tuberville, with your eighth grade civics book that you never used, obviously. Well, well I just think, first off, that... Get a job. <laughs> get a job, you liberal commie. But my daddy fought 76 years ago in Normandy to beat to free Europe from socialism. You know, you dumb fuck. We fought with the socialist, which was the Soviet Union, to defeat fascism. Or was it communism? Communism, socialism, same thing. But we fought against fascism, which was the Nazis, which, you know, our current leader is leaving. That is a fascist as well. You know the difference between... Never mind. Anyway. um, And then he went on to say, well, our government wasn't set up to have one party in charge of all three branches, the House, the Senate, and the Executive. What's so sad is he was elected to the fucking legislative branch. Like, what I want to know is, what is he going to do now? Because he said his whole plan for his first term is to what? Whatever Trump does. Whatever Trump says, I will support. But as an example, how is what is he going to do for what bill and stuff is he going to do for the state of Alabama? In not Minnesota? jack shit. He has not listed one thing. He was literally going to say, "I support whatever Donald Trump does." Donald Trump's not going to be in the office, so what are you going to do? Guess go on the same Donald Trump ish. I would love to impeach him. I have a referendum on him. Anything. Because I mean, that's would you say that's severely not knowing what the fuck you're talking about? Yes, it is a. Fucking embarrassment. You get a state. football coach. We make three steps forward. We replace Doug Jones with a fucking football coach who doesn't know the three branches of government. And you're in politics. And in his interview, he admitted to a crime. He's running his a political action with his campaign money. You cannot do that. That is illegal to do. He is conducting political business with campaign money. You cannot do that. And he's doing it, which blows my mind. But anyway, our attorney general options, there's two. One would be Doug Jones, who is failing up in this situation because we don't deserve him in Alabama. If we can't appreciate him, we don't deserve him. So I would rather him move up to a better position than not be appreciated by these dumb fucks in this state. And be attorney general, which is the most powerful lawyer in the country. He decides what we can prosecute. He can decide what not to prosecute, which dealing with decriminalizing marijuana on a national level would be a great thing. Good start off. Yeah. So, and you know, Doug Jones, he has been an advocate his entire career for civil rights. You know, he was the prosecutor that put away two out of the three Klan members uh, that was involved with 1963 16th Street bombing when nobody else wanted to and just wanted to sweep it under the rug. You know, he was an advocate for civil rights. So that's our first option. The other one is Tom Perez, who is the DNC, the uh, Democrat National Committee, uh, their uh, president. Uh And he was the former uh, undersecretary of labor for Barack Obama. So what exactly, how would he benefit from that position? Like what, what would it happen if he got, if he per se got elected? Well, he, um, or, no, he wasn't the Undersecretary of Labor. He was the uh, top prosecutor for the Civil Rights Division in the DOJ under Obama. Yeah, so like him versus Doug Jones, Al, like, like which one would you see as the better? Uh, the more palatable. Yeah. The better 
overall, I think Doug Jones, and that's not just because he's from Alabama. I think he's a better overall qualified person. Why would you say so compared to him? He has more of an experience, and I don't see Republicans approving of Tom Perez because every single Republican voted against him when Obama tried to make him Secretary of Labor in 2013, and every single Republican voted against him. So why would they automatically like him now? You know? Uh So I think Doug Jones has made a lot of friends in D.C., like allies, Republican and Democrat, because he voted bipartisan. He was a bipartisan voter. He voted more times with the Republicans than he did with the Democrats. So I see him as having a better chance of getting nominated. And he's just a man of integrity. So I see him being our next attorney general. So what about like the labor and education part? (laughs) Okay, so Secretary of Labor. This is most likely going to be the number one cabinet position that Biden is saving for the progressives to make progressives happy, make the left wing of the party happy. You think so, or you think he's going to just play it safe, you big old bunch of malarkey? He's going to say, boo, poopy. (laughs) (laughs) But not me, not poopy in my pants, but (laughs) boo, poopy. No, um, I see him really saving this one for the progressive party or the progressive progressive wing of the party. Because, you know, the labor deals with being very, you need to have somebody that's very pro-union, that's not going to just say fuck you to the unions, and you need somebody that is for workers' rights. And both of these picks that we're about to talk about I think would be great. One would be Bernie Sanders himself, and the other is Julie Sue. She is the Secretary of Labor for California, and so both people have very strong um, workers' rights and union yeah. ties. Uh-huh. Bernie, he's just, you know, he's obviously the former presidential candidate in 2016 and this year in 2020. And he ran on protecting workers' rights, protecting the blue-collar middle-class people, the coal miners, the nursing unions, the educators that have been teachers. forgotten about. Yeah, the teachers. The everyday American. So I'm, I would be sad to see him leave the Senate, but... Who, what would happen if he did? Huh? What would happen if Bernie got that position as an example? Well, in, in a perfect... Any, any person, like, that any senator that leaves, like Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, will appoint a new senator to take her spot whenever she becomes vice president. So the governor of whatever state that senator's from gets to choose. That's why I'm kind of glad... That if Doug Jones had to lose, I'm glad he did because that would mean just another Republican senator would have been appointed because Kayabe uh-huh. Maymal would have appointed a good conservative. God, do you do you think like what what would her pick would have been? I wish know? she'd pick herself. <laughs> just pick herself. I say fuck fuck y'all. Why Is that not? possible? I mean, why not? Donald Trump can pardon himself of any crime that he is arrested on. So. How great is that? So I was about to say, like, he gets, he's a president, so he can, can you technically pardon yourself? Yeah, a president can pardon himself. That brings new men to go fuck yourself. Go pardon yourself. Damn. Yeah, but anyway, so Bernie or Julie Sue would be great. And you said Julie Sue is? She's the Secretary of Labor for California, mm-hmm. the state of California, yeah, which yeah. is the largest pop- by population state. Yeah, 60, how many dele- delegates? They had thir- uh, 40. 40 or 50 something delegates. Cause uh-huh. uh, I think uh, Georgia had like, or uh, not Georgia, Florida had 29. Texas had like 35. Yeah. Like Fl- I thought Florida 
No, no, no. Florida had 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But then California has 64, right? Uh, I don't know about that. That seems like a lot. I don't know off the top of my head. I know that it's in the 40s or 50s for sure. Now, primary delegates, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's yeah, a whole yeah. Other okay, thing. okay. There's a lot more than that. Yeah, but, that's what I was meaning. Uh, so, yeah, either one would be a great Secretary of Labor. And now to my favorite, my personal favorite, Secretary of Education. <laughs> Pretty much anybody that is not Betsy DeVos. So here's a crazy fucking idea, okay? And second off, my second fuck you of the night, Betsy DeVos. Truly, genuinely, 100%. I say this from the bottom of my heart, and this was laid on my heart years ago. Years ago. Years ago. So it's just it's been, been mountain. It's been yeah. simmering like an old crusty shit that you never can get rid of. <laughs> like you're backed up for weeks. So Betsy DeVos, fuck you. Truly, fuck you. And not in a fun way, but in an Amish way. With Amish. a sheet over you. <laughs> fuck you. Um... <laughs> uh, Anybody that's not Betsy DeVos, but here's a crazy, crazy concept. And you're gonna before you go into that, you're gonna have to definitely tell the people exactly why you dislike her so much. And you just were leading you T ball or what is it tossed up? I, I tossed you a little T ball. You know, you hit it right off the tee. I just hit it. Anybody that is was an actual teacher should be the secretary of education because Betsy DeVos was not has never once set foot in a classroom. But yet she's in charge of fucking education. Literally, she, her family was an Obama donor. I mean, not Obama. Fuck. Uh, Donald Trump. They were a donor to Donald Trump. That is how she got her job. She has never once stepped foot in a classroom. No teacher experience whatsoever. Not one day. I have taught longer than the Secretary of Education. How and, sad is that? And you're going on... Year Three, this is my third year. So... And that's why the education system is even more of a clusterfuck than it was before. She has no idea what she's doing. She had the most contentious uh, appointment ever of any cabinet position because of how incompetent and inept she was of a candidate. She is absolutely horrible. And while, yeah, I'm not thrilled about Joe Biden, I would have chosen Bernie or any or other candidates. But at least knowing that Donald Trump lost means that Betsy DeVos is going to be on the unemployment line makes me feel so great. Truly makes me feel so great. So as a parting gift to you, Betsy DeVos, fuck you. So regarding like the education, who has been mm -hmm. some candidates that? Uh, the man, I cannot think of her name off the top of my head. I forgot to write this name down, but she used to be the president of the AEA, which is the American Educators Association. So um, I think that'd be great. An educator. She's pro-union for teachers. She's actually been in a classroom. Crazy concept. So I think she would be a great um, candidate. And when Anybody. you say education, like, like... Like literally LBJ's bunghole would be better as a secretary <laughs> of education than Betsy DeVos. It's that's deceased quote, now. For, that's our quote for the uh, episode. LBJ's bunghole... <laughs> Would be better than Betsy DeVos. That's like riding a wire fence. It's like riding a wire fence. You know where my nuts hang. <laughs> they just cinch up. <laughs> Nothing's worse than getting them stuck in your zipper. You know, I just need about three inches let out. And exactly three inches. Because yeah, he's measured himself. Oh, yeah, he's measured himself. You know, the uh, rumor is that LBJ had a giant dick. 
<laughs> like he had a giant dick. And he was proud of it too because he whipped it out for people. <laughs> Think about that. He whipped it out like in the Oval Office. I can picture that. Like, can you picture like some foreign ambassador from like Saudi Arabia coming in and you're going, Hattie, because he knows he's from <laughs> Texas. So he goes, Hattie. Hattie. <laughs> you ever just sit on your nuts? <laughs> you know, from anyway. Um, so yeah, Secretary of Education, anybody but Betsy DeVos would be great. So leading on to like the whole Biden transition. So last thing, Biden's transition. So start us in. Okay. I don't know if you had like something you wanted to add. To I was that. being a little sassy. You know, <laughs> a little sassy. Just feeling a little sassy tonight. So mainly his Pentagon transition team. So the team that's going to help them determine the defense policy for our nation. God, are you sure? Is I just whenever you think of Pentagon, you just think of war. Like mm-hmm. you're just like, ugh. Oh. <gasps> um. So eight of the twenty-three members, or a third are pro-war staffers that were part of that their previous job before getting this job, being on the transition team, was working in the weapons industry. So a third of his team, so a third of the influence, a third of the members were former military weapons industry people. Pro-war, pro-hawk, war-hawk staffers. And it's just like, shit. But this is the same Biden that claimed to be, you know, we need to end all the endless forever wars. We need to bring all, you know. So you're kind of just like, yeah, you're making your, you're not really making a good showing here. It's you not know. a good first impression, impression is it? Mm. So I'm kind of like, me. So that's just, you know, but I mean, think about Biden's career. Looking back, he voted for the war in Iraq, which who did not vote for the war in Iraq? Everybody. The majority of people did vote for it. No, who did not? I don't know. Bernie, of course, he he was against it. He was railing against it back in two thousand three. He had slightly more hair, just a little bit, but it was w- more wild back then. Now that he ran for president, he has to kind of slick it back because <laughs> it used to be kind of bu- you know billowy. No, he looked like a damn mad scientist. He looked, he looked like, like. Uh, who was it? Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. <laughs> Great Scott. <laughs> so regarding anyway, like, uh, but oh, what I was going to say is, think of Biden's career. He voted for the war in Iraq. He supported the Israeli aggression against the Palestinians. And he, you know, throughout the Obama administration, was okay with this open-ended, you know, occupation of Iraq that we've had, that we still have today. So what do you think you're going to get? That's that's so, sounds Republican. Yeah, very Republican. Yeah. And I mean, but I mean... Joe Biden is a moderate. So, I mean, you can't you can't expect these great bold progressive ideas from a moderate, you know. But I mean, why is he so not willing to step out of his comfort zone a little bit? I mean, in many ways, he has compared to where he was. But but it, but the sad part is, it's taken how many years for him to do that? You know, it's kind of like we talked about earlier. We can't, you know, we can't take tiny little tiptoes in a moment like this. We are literally. When I say when I say watershed, it is a watershed moment. It's a history altering moment because of where we are in our world. And I'm being honest, our issue. And being honest, our leader was. Um, thank God that's he's out. You know, like that he was not. He would not be equipped to handle the next four years. No, he wasn't equipped to handle the four years he had. 
So, I mean, it, it's kind of a blessing in disguise for, pe- in, for people thinking like that, in, in a sense, because, you know, he, rather it be th- like now than f- another four years of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, it's, um, what worries me the most is, you know, Donald Trump, he was brilliant, but he was too stupid and he got in his own way, or he would have won re-election. The next iteration of him will be just as radical as he is, just as far right, but smarter. And that's what's scary, is whoever the Republicans come up with next. Because, you know, it's not going to go back to the good old days of the Republicans that were like Mitt Romney and John McCain. It's, it's going to get more and more harsher yeah, and meaner. Yeah, because the Republican Party today is the party of Trump. They could have easily done away with Donald Trump and in this election. Because when it became clear that Joe Biden won, the Republican Party, if they were smart, would have come out wholeheartedly and said, yes, Joe Biden's the winner. We need to move forward. They have remained silent. Leadership has remained silent. So it's clear that Donald Trump will continue to have so much influence over the Republican Party after he's gone for the next four years. What makes Because do you think he's gunning up for a 2024 election or what? Not even if he run. He doesn't even have to run again. It's just... He, they know that he has like forty five percent automatically of the Republican Party will support him, so he holds tremendous sway and influence. Okay, kind of like how Obama had a lot of influence over the Democrat Party this go around, yeah. even though he's not running, but he still had he's very favorable among Democrats. Yeah, so like Donald Trump's Trump like will be that way. Yeah, Donald Trump think... has what ninety five percent approval rating in the Republican based on Republicans right now. So I mean. How, how did he get 90 what, you said 95 yeah because donald trump i mean he he says exactly what he's thinking it's just not good what he says but a lot of people think that so they're like yeah he or you know like when he ran in 2016 he claimed to be for the forgotten middle class you know the blue collar worker in pennsylvania michigan wisconsin ohio here. even yeah, here here that, you know, the uh, assembly line jobs that you've had your whole life left because of the technology, new technology. You know, you may have a family member that's addicted to opioids because that is a huge crisis right here. You, you don't have insurance. That's, that's a joint for another day on that one. Yeah, you don't have insurance because you can't afford it because you lost your job. And so you feel left behind and you feel fucked over. Now, Donald Trump said, I'm for you. I'm going to fight for you. Now, he didn't mean it because he literally has fucked over the main the same people that he claims to be for, but they still vote for him. But anyway, um, he was a genius in that regard, but he completely just fucked him over. So I'm about to I, this has just been I saw that finger show. Up I know I've been a little up, sassy on this ready. one. So my I just got one last thing. So mm-hmm. when you were talking, we're, we're going to just say fuck Donald Trump right now because, I mean, he's. It's two months and eight days, right? Yeah. So we're going to just, regarding the whole Joe Biden thing, would you, what would you say to him, like advice-wise for him picking his cabinet? Don't completely alienate a major voting bloc in your party, which is the left-leaning progressive grassroots movement, the AOCs, the Rashida Tlaibs, the, you know, the left-wing, the Bernies because they're going to continue to grow 
while your group, the boomers, the old school Democrats, I'm just being honest, they're dying out. It's outdated. Outdated, and they're literally dying out. So don't alienate the main group that's going to make up the majority of the electorate within five to eight years. Because we will remember. You know? Yeah. Why do you think you have, uh, what was it, 121 candidates ran supporting Medicare for All? All of them won. The people who ran against Medicare for All that were Democrats lost. In the House, in the local elections, all of that. So the United States wants more progressive-minded policies. We just need the candidates that will do it. And as an example, do you think Biden, you know how he's for big tech and everything mm-hmm. like that, do you think that that has a big sway in, in his decision-making and stuff? Oh, yeah, kind of like we talked about at the beginning. It's going to be that's they're wanting their piece of ass. You know, yeah. the big tech, Wall Street, oil, big oil that helps support uh, Joe Biden's campaign. Yeah. They're going to want their, their, you know, we scratched your back now, turn around and scratch ours, you know? Yeah. So, so they're going to want their, their piece of the pie. Right. So it's, that's what happens. You know, you, you get in bed with these people and you got to pay up at some point, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, like you said, the amount of campaign money that's being accepted you know mm-hmm. depends on how much influence that person's gonna expect yeah you know? and a lot of people are about to call call in their chips call in their tabs you yeah because you know i mean like because if you used you funneled him getting elected like in office yeah. so yeah like, that's and i mean the... people that you know were the happy warriors for him you know the good soldiers like pete Buttigieg, the moderates they're going to expect a position somewhere they're going to expect something in return you know do you think they didn't do it out of the kindness of their hearts? The Lincoln Project. They didn't do this out of the kindness of their hearts. They didn't do it just because they they claim it's because we love our country. No. They want their hands in the... They want to be at the table with the decision makers. You know? Right. So. Shit. But it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. And that's what you need to watch because that's going to determine the policy for the next four years. So... Definitely pay attention to that. And for the people of Alabama, I beg you, just think. Try to think. Like, look at what you're doing. Look at who you elected. We are a laughingstock. Even more. Like, we gained a shred of respect when we elected Doug Jones. And we're once again, like, the the asshole of the joke. The ass, not <laughs> even ass the joke, but the asshole of the joke. With, the worst part. With off-brand toilet paper to wipe with. <laughs> great value. Yeah, it's like, no, not even not even great value. Great you. They can't even afford the val. The val. Great Copyright. You. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Oh, it just, grind, you know what grinds my gears? Seriously, is though, I, I wonder how, like, honestly, what kind of power that you, that one must have in order to get elected in politics and not even be in it. Like how the how, how does that happen? To I mean, oh, for Tommy Tucker. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Just I, how does that happen? I mean, in Alabama, it's because he has an R beside his name. Like you literally, or you or you say sports and everything. That's how you know him. So I mean, he has know- name recognition. Yeah. yeah, but it didn't matter who we elected, unless it was Roy Moore once again, which I wish it would have been. 
because I want I would have wanted to see him walk up with his assless chaps like he did that one time with his pistol <laughs> to a campaign event riding sassy his horse. <laughs> like that horse would go down in the Hall of Fame of horses if he would have bucked his ass off, <laughs> his old ass off. <laughs> A little sassy, and you know he didn't have a, he didn't have on a rodeo helmet. He had on a cowboy hat. A cowboy hat. He said howdy, and they were just very skin tight Wranglers. Because mm-hmm. you he know had no ass, of course, because <laughs> it was like a wall, like a wall with two little farts out the back for ass cheeks. But yes, <laughs> not even farts. It's just a straight line. It's a straight line. Oh God, with little a little bit of a skid mark on the back. Oh, he okay. no, no, just underwear. Because <laughs> he was a little nervous. Okay, he was a little nervous. So he shat himself. No, it's the fact he just got bucked off the horse, so he just shot himself. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's disheartening, but that's why we have to make it our mission to organize in this state because there's a lot of people that want more for Alabama. Our generation. Think about all the teenagers, all the high school students that will be 18 in a voting age in 2022, in two years. That's what's going to be important. So, so. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see about what unfolds. Biden's cabinet. Yeah, these next 68 days until Donald Trump gets carried out of office because, you know, he's not going to leave willingly. His ass will not leave willingly. They're going to carry him out. And I would pay my left nut to watch that happen. <laughs> Someone please TMZ that. I would literally. It would be great. It would be so great, like seeing him getting carried out, like the day. Because, like, as an example, like, what day is his like, like exactly? January twentieth, twenty twenty one. So the twentieth, what happens if he's like, you know, I'm if not he leaving. Refuses to, yeah. Secret Service will carry him out because he'll be considered a trespasser. Well, what would you do if 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 they if something like that didn't happen and like he still stayed in office continuously? I mean, he couldn't. So there's no possible way. There's no way. There's no way for all of you Trump fans that keep posting on Facebook about your conspiracy theories of how he's going to stay and how just you wait. I have a better pulse of the what's going on in the country than everybody else because I'm special because I can repost shit on Facebook. No, there's no possible way. There were no lost votes. There were no uh, rigged elections. This was the safest election in our nation's history. So you lost. Shut the fuck up and sit down, Karen. Nobody wants to listen to you. And that's all I got for this episode. And I'm going to end on a high note. End on a high note, sir. Literally. Um, take us out. So, Zach, take us out on the last minute. What What do we say? Just levitating perspectives each episode at the time. Y'all have a great rest of your week. <laughs>